for me, I was just done making money for other people. Yeah. I'd, you know, because honestly, I'm a good sales and marketing pro. That's that's what I've always done. And so I was making this guy a ton of money and I was doing okay out of it. Don't get me wrong, but I could have been doing a whole lot better if I was focused in on my own things. And so that's exactly what I did. And honestly, I've never looked back ever, ever. Welcome to Screw It, Just Do It, brought to you by Startup You, inspiring and supporting entrepreneurs to make a full-time living doing what you love. I'm your host, Alex Chisnell, fellow entrepreneur, Virgin mentor, and founder of Startup You, the regional partner of Virgin Startup, providing startup funding, mentoring, and support. Each episode features the stories from two entrepreneurs at different stages in their journey who talk us through their successes and failures. You get to take on board all of their learnings and none of the failure. Today's podcast is brought to you by Hayes, who are the number one recruiting experts in the UK. Whether you're searching for your perfect job or looking to scale your business by building the perfect team, go to hayes.co.uk, quoting Startup You. Welcome to episode 55 of Screw It, Just Do It. I'm your host, Alex Chisnell, and on today's show, I welcome back one of the most popular guests of 2017, Chris Ducker. Now, Chris is a serial entrepreneur, business mentor, blogger, podcaster, and best-selling author of the book Virtual Freedom, and regularly features in publications such as Forbes, Inc., and Entrepreneur. When I heard that Chris was launching a second book, I put the call out to get him back on the show. Chris's new book is entitled Rise of the Youpreneur, the definitive guide to becoming the go-to leader in your industry and building a future-proof business. Massively relevant to many of the listeners of this show. Um, After a decade as an entrepreneur and as an authority in this space with three different companies under one umbrella, and now with over 450 employees, I started by asking Chris when he first decided to become an entrepreneur. Let's start up. Well, I think the big thing for me was that, you know, I, I had been I've been working uh, pretty much as an exclusive consultant for an infomercial business in, in Miami uh, for a couple years. And I had... I just had enough, man. You know, like you, you come back from a, from a month in Miami, you should be happy. You spent a month in Miami. Miami's great to hang out in. Um, and away from the business side of things, the guy I was working with and for was actually a very nice bloke. Very, very nice guy. You know, we're talking floor seats at the Miami Heat games, uh, you know, uh, uh, concerts to, you know, concert tickets to Prince's pre-Super Bowl game and all the rest of it. So we had a great time. But the moment we went into work mode, it, it, would, it was just a nightmare. And I was literally on an airplane on my way back to the Philippines from Miami, 37,000 feet in the air. And I turn around and I say, I'm done. 
And I grab a hold of my laptop and I start typing out a quick email to the guy to let him know I'm going to be wrapping up the month and that's that. I hit the send button when we landed in Hong Kong with the most ridiculously fast airport Wi-Fi, best airport Wi-Fi on the planet. Um, And uh, kind of never looked back. Within three weeks, I I was already setting up the new consultancy here. Uh, Within three months, we'd hired our first 20 or so staff. Uh, Now we fast forward into 2018, three different companies under one umbrella 450 or so employees, uh, huge, obviously, online web platform and profile, uh, personal brand being built out of it, best-selling book, and all the rest of it. So, mm. you know, if I hadn't, if, if I hadn't, see, this is always the thing. You talk to any entrepreneur, there is that moment, and it's such a good question to ask, is it because it's always different from one person to another and you can always learn what the triggers are i think in someone's head for me i was just done making money for other people yeah it's you know because honestly i'm a good sales and marketing pro that's that's what i've always done and so i was making this guy a ton of money and i was doing okay out of it don't get me wrong but i could have been doing a whole lot better if i was focused in on my own things and so that's exactly what i did and honestly i've never looked back ever ever awesome that funnily enough i was just having that very similar conversation with somebody yesterday who is looking to uh start her own hair extension business so girl out on her own doing it gone down from five days a week to three days a week and the conversation was it's actually costing me money to go into my regular job because i know i can make more money on our on my own how do i make that leap yeah yeah, I mean, it's such a it's such a great position to be in, and I think ultimately there will there will come a time where that realization is so strong and so obvious to you that you do exactly that. You make the leap, mm. and you might make a little less for you know a very short period of time, you know overall, but you know that because of the fact that you're focused 100 percent in on what it is you really want to be doing, the energy will be there, the enthusiasm will be there, the passion will be there and quite frankly all those things are as you well know alex there are you know they're the stable diet for any successful entrepreneur Mm. and what would you say chris for somebody who's fighting that fear about becoming the person known as for example the, the hair extensions lady whatever that might turn out to be well one thing i can tell you for sure is that nothing amazing ever happens inside your comfort zone yeah that I know for sure. And so, you know, if, if you are, you know, if you're scared of risk, if you're scared of change, if you're fearful of failure, then, you know, the, the chances are you're never going to be a successful entrepreneur. Uh, you have to understand and appreciate the fact that there is a certain amount of risk in everything that you do from an entrepreneurial perspective. Every product you launch, every service you, you, you know, you start, um, every event that you hold, every book that you write and market. I mean, there's always a risk that people en masse won't, won't need or want what you've got. But if you're smart about it and you validate it enough, um, and you find out that there are enough people within your immediate circle that can then spread the word to their immediate circle and so on and so on and so on about your fantastic hair extension business, then at the end of the day, you know, you're more likely to do better than not. Mm. And what did it feel like for yourself when you decided to write your, your first book, which was a, a bestseller, Virtual Freedom? Was that going outside of your comfort zone? No, actually it wasn't because I'd always wanted to write 
a business book. I'd always wanted to be traditionally published and have the whole kind of romancing, you know, of, of, of different publishers chasing me and all that kind of type of thing. And we, we actually pitched that to 16 different publishing houses in the U S we had four offers on it, which is wow, incredible. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you take into consideration the four hour work week was turned down 20 odd times <laughs> before Tim got the deal. I mean, that's pretty, you know, pr- pretty huge right there. So I, uh, I wasn't outside of my comfort zone. I, I'd done a lot of writing on my blog. Obviously I'd been, uh, when did I get the deal late 2012? So I'd already been blogging and podcasting almost three years at that point. Um, and I was very, very comfortable in my skin as somebody who knew what they were talking about on the subject of, you know, team building and, and delegation from a virtual, uh, remote staffing perspective. I was, I was pumped. I was happy. I didn't feel that way by the time I turned the manuscript in. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sure. Oh my gosh. The book almost bloody killed me. But I mean, it was, um, it was, it was much, much harder work writing the book than I thought it would be. Um, and then the real work begins, quite frankly, and that's the marketing side of it. Mm. Um, you know, I, I had no idea that I was going to have to spend as much time uh, behind it as I initially kind of envisioned. Um, but uh, it became pretty obvious to me pretty early on um, in the kind of finalization of the manus- manuscript stage that the publishers weren't going to do a whole lot of PR for me. So I'd have to start leaning on the contacts that I had and reaching out to the influencer buddies that I had made and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And luckily, you know, I'd gotten to the position within a few very short years of, you know, making sure that I was, you know, invited to the right parties and mm-hmm. I got to meet the right people and I spent enough time Quite frankly, you know, oversee- I, I mean, I spent a lot of time in the U.S. in those three years. Um, it certainly helped when, you know, a lot of my corporate clients at my my offline businesses are U.S. based. So I would be in the U.S. quite frequently throughout the year, usually three, maybe sometimes four times a year within that that time period. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, if there was an industry conference going on or a mastermind or a meetup or whatever, I would always make sure that I hung out and, and sort of got to know, you know, the right people. And with your second book, The Rise of the Youpreneur, how, how long did it take you to come up with the idea for the book and, and how different was it in, in executing it, having done it already once before? Yeah, great question. Uh, totally different. Really? In terms of the execution this time, mm. totally different. Look, uh, there's no point in making mistakes unless you learn from them. Um, and I can tell you very, very confidently that I don't make the same mistake twice. I just don't do it. Mm. And so um, in terms of coming up with the idea, I mean, it all came out of the community, Alex, of which you obviously a member of. You you yeah. know what it's like in there. It's very vibrant. Mm. Um, you know, the support, the accountability is absolutely off the charts. Um, and in the first year or so of the community being up and running, um, I had I had you know my team and myself making a lot of notes on a lot of the discussion points that were coming up um and these are people that are you know ultimately building businesses uh, around their passions and the people that they want to work with and they're personal brand entrepreneurs you know that that's that's mm-hmm. what they're doing and so 
you know, a lot of the stuff was was coming from a whole bunch of different people. And it was, you know, it just kept repeating and repeating and repeating. There's an issue. There's that issue again. Well, there's that issue again. And so we just started making notes of everything that people needed help with. Um, and slowly but surely, this roadmap started to develop um, based around building marketing and monetizing your business. Mm. And then we just kind of started filling out the, you know, filling in rather the gaps along those three sections. And before I knew it was happening, I, I mean, I had the chapter list for the book, literally by the end, by the end of, I'm going to say by the end of 2016. So it was only really a year, just over a year that the community is up and running going into 2017. I knew I was going to start work on the book. Um, and uh, this time around, I was going to do it much, much differently than the first time around. With Virtual Freedom, I sat and typed out every single word in that book. Um, with Rise of the Youpreneur, I've done it much differently. I hired an editor to ultimately interview me. Uh, we did about 12 to 13 hours of interviews. We had those interviews transcribed. And then you know, we went to work turning it into a book consumable digestible kind of format i say um, that's a very efficient yeah. way of doing things chris and I, I'm, not, I'm not surprised obviously <laughs> <laughs> well i mean it was it was quite it was quite a strange procedure for me though because i mean as a podcaster i have no problems talking mm. you know like i'd rather talk than type yeah. quite frankly so at first i was quite in in you know quite enthused about it i was like this could be great I'm going to have to like, do nothing. <laughs> if, hell, if this works, I could do a book a year sort of type thing, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, didn't quite work out that way. Because, I mean, when you talk, you talk in, in a conversational type tone, obviously. Mm. That doesn't transcribe very well into written words. And so we, we did have to spend a lot of time actually reworking it. And we, we cut out entire chunks of text, like 5,000 words just gone on the edit floor, um, you know, over the course of, you know, six months or so. But uh, mm. the book's wrapped up um, around July. It went to design end of July. And uh, we were very, very lucky to be able to get it all done and finished so that we could do a little soft launch at the Youpreneur Summit in London in November, where we gave out about 400 copies or so to the people there. And that's your now annual summit in, in London? Yes. Yes, every November. And I'm so proud of it. So, okay. so proud of it. Mm. I mean, Adam, anyone that knows me knows that I'm a very, very proud Brit. Very proud. And, you know, what? It, it's holding an event like that in my hometown in the Queen Elizabeth II Convention Center, right opposite Westminster Abbey. I mean, it was a dream come true, quite frankly. Um, and uh, to be very honest, I uh, when, when we were closing up the event, I was on stage in front of these 400 people from 37 countries around the world. Hmm. I, I choked up for the first time in my career on stage. Uh, as a speaker, I choked up and mm. kind of had to compose myself a little bit. Come on, Ducker, sort yourself out. No, <laughs> I bet. There's no mad tears on this stage kind yeah. of thing. Um, but I did. I choked up a little bit, and I just I just sort of I caught myself and, you know, kind of soldiered, soldiered through it. But um, it was because I gave a damn, quite frankly. It's because I genuinely was very proud of what we'd achieved. And, man, we were just getting warmed up last year this year is going to be crazy <laughs> i was going to say like um demand outran supply did it not 
you, you sold out really early, especially for... Uh, yeah, we did. We, yeah. Were, we were sold out four months before the event Unreal. took place. Mm. Um, and the issue was the way that we had kind of marketed and sold the event, even though the venue could have actually uh, handled another 300 or so people in, in the space that we had rented, um, unfortunately, the way that we had marketed the event meant that we were using round kind of cabaret style tables. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so we we maxed it. We just maxed out. You know, we just honestly, I didn't think we, I, I, I when we first put the, you know, the website up and we started marketing, I was like to my whole team, I said, if we can get 200 people, that would be incredible. Yeah, you get 200 people. Mm. And we almost doubled. It, it was extraordinary. The, num- the number of countries is unbelievable, Chris. 37. Yeah, <sighs> yeah wow. we had we had 60 or so people come in from America. Did you? So it, wow. it just goes to show you, you know. But what I really loved about it, though, more than anything else, was that the people that I've gotten to know through my workshops, through my coaching and my mentoring in the UK in the last seven, eight years or so, they showed up. Mm. And that for me was really, really important because, you know, I validated this as a business move. I didn't just say, hey, let's go and put on an event and spend tens of thousands of dollars on one of the most beautiful venues in town. No, I didn't do that. I validated the hell out of this thing from roundtable mastermind events to larger workshops to, you know, like I think the largest event I've ever done in the UK up to this point was 80 people. Um, And I explicitly remember saying to them as a group, if I put on a big event in London at some point in the near future, would you all come? And they all said yes. So, you know, I mean, and they're already at one of my events. And they backed it up. So I vowed that. (laughs) They really, they showed up. Alex, they showed up, and I and I love and respect them so so much for that. Um, and it actually made you know it, it it made the event easier for me to know that there was that you know that kind of whatever it was twenty thirty percent or so of the group kind of knew me and what I was about already. Um, and you must and, have known uh, a lot of those stories as well, Chris, uh, given through the Uprinter community and masterminds, oh, yeah. etc. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And so this is happening again, November 2018. It is. If anybody's interested, they can head over to youpreneursummit.com. Right now, there's just a wait list up there, but we'll be launching first round of public tickets probably around the end of March. Awesome. And and in the book, you mention creating, first of all, defining who you are yourself uh, as a youpreneur and then defining who, who your customer avatar is. So, a uh, question to yourself is, who is a youpreneur? Right. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's get that figured out first of all, shall yeah. we? Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, who is a youpreneur? What is a youpreneur? You know, whatever way you want to put it. Mm. But in a nutshell, a youpreneur is somebody who builds a business based around you, your expertise, your you know, personality, what you stand for, what you want to be known for, and the people that you want to serve. And that's what a youpreneur is. So it's people like content creators, um, coaches, authors, speakers, consultants, small business owners, you know, freelancers, all you know, people genuinely that are building a business based around them. Okay. And in, in your eyes, who would be the best exponents of that in the world today? Well, I mean, honestly, I don't think there's one group of people that could do it any better than anyone else. I think, in fact, actually, I would, I would, 
beg to hopefully con- convert everyone to thinking that they must build some kind of a personal brand yeah. around themselves. You know what I mean? Even if you're not an entrepreneur, even if you're not working for yourself, even if you're building a career, it pays to have uh, a good handle on your reputation and on your brand. And I mean, your brand is your reputation and your reputation is what people say about you when you're not you know, around, right? Like when you're not at the dinner party or at that coffee meeting or at the conference or that networking event, when you're not around, what do you want people to say about you? That's your reputation. That's your brand right there. And so, you know, understanding being, you know, being as self-aware as you possibly can be in terms of your strengths and your weaknesses, understanding how you can turn those strengths into products and services to be able to sell to people that you want to be able to work with and, and affect change in and, and inspire and motivate themselves. Um, and really, I, I don't think, honestly, I don't think there's one kind of group of people that could do this better than others. I mean, you're inside the community. You see it. We've got everything from dentists to business coaches to, um, you know, ministry leaders to, you know, <laughs> authors. I mean, the the, the, the plethora of, of different types of industries and, and professional careers is ridiculous. And it, and it just gets more and more ridiculous <laughs> with every passing month. I mean, some of the stuff I see in there just kind of scratches my head. But clearly... It works. And the reason why it works is because, you know, the business of you, as I call it in the book, Mm. is made up of those three very distinct sections of building, marketing and monetizing. So if you come into the book and you've already got a little bit of a brand built up and your website's doing well and you're already just starting to build your email list and you've got your social media sorted out, you don't need the build section. Skip to page 80 something. Yeah. You know what I mean? So even though it is the definitive guide and it is that kind of manual that you can go from cover to cover and learn how to build this profitable business model based around your personal brand, you don't need to read the whole thing if you're already hopping and skip ahead, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and going back to someone kind of like at the start of that journey, um, what would your advice be on how they find their audience um, and, and working out how to deliver your expertise to that audience? Well, I think it comes down to, look, this is the way I look at it. You've got to figure out what you want to be known for first. Mm. And then what happens is something actually quite incredible happens. You start creating content. That's what you must do if you want to, you know, start building a brand for yourself in, in this world nowadays. So, whether you're blogging or podcasting or putting stuff up on YouTube or just building out, you know, an, an Instagram platform or whatever the case may be, you've got to start creating content. Now, when you first start doing that, you're creating content that you think people want to hear and see from you. Now, that's the key word there, yeah. think, because you don't really know. You're kind of fumbling around in the mm. dark a bit. But then three, four, five, six months later on, when you've built a little bit of an audience, when you've been consistently providing value, what will happen is the magic moment will take place where they start coming to you with requests and feedback and they start opening up to you with and building rapport and trust. And they're telling you what their problems are and what they're struggling with. And that's when you can then start creating content that you know they need from mm. you. 
And at that point, serving that audience and growing that audience becomes so, so much easier. So it starts, like I said, with the self-awareness side of things, but then also understand that you've got to show up every single week, just like you do on this show, every single week, provide value to your audience, make sure that you open up your ears and listen to them when they talk to you, write notes down, figure out how you can help them. And then further down the line in that roadmap of the business of you, the monetization comes around. And at that point, you start solving real problems, problems that ultimately when you provide those solutions to them, they've got a price tag attached to them. Mm, yeah. And is it as true today, or if you could go back, actually, you get so many questions asked about this, is there a specific platform that you would go on to first to deliver that content? Or do you think it's just do something, just deliver something consistently? Yeah, I, I mean, the problem with the question like that is that these platforms change yeah. so ridiculously yeah. frequently, right? Mm. Um, and, you know, the, the big thing for me, and I talk about it in the book, is not to build your online home on rented land. Mm. So nothing gives me the willies more than someone building out a huge Facebook group for their community or a big YouTube channel or a massive Instagram account or whatever. You don't own that stuff. That can be ripped away from you at any time with zero notice and then you've lost your business. So be smart about it. Get your own domain. Start producing your own content there. Um, and and ultimately, you know, you'll you'll be a lot safer, right, in the, in the long run. But, I mean, look, things change so much all the time. For me personally, uh, I, I think we're, we're delving into the realms now of video. I mean, it's it's not like this is the year of video because every year is the year of video. Yeah. Um, but I, I feel like we're kind of delving into the realms of more and more video being created. Google released a report middle of last year where they said something like 90% of all online content by the year 2020 that's two years from now, is going to be video content. So, you know, you've got to wake up and see that stuff. Trends generally aren't, aren't misses when it comes to this sort of type of thing. Mm. Um, but, but you know, the good thing about video is you, you can start creating content in video and then you can start repurposing it from there. So you've got a 45-minute video that, that, you know, you end up putting up on YouTube as long-form content. You can rip the audio, turn that into an audio podcast. Yeah, You can yeah. transcribe it, turn it into a blog post. You, can, you know, there's so much you can do with video as being the, the initial piece of content being created. Whereas if you're writing a blog post, you know, it's a, it's a lot more harder work to repurpose that into all those different types of mediums, you know? Yeah, no, no, really good advice. Um, and, and coming back to the book itself and, and the, the Upreneur um, idea, how, how long did it take you to, to come up with the, the initial concept? And then more importantly, how did you then craft that idea into being able to market and monetize and, and reach out and help so many other people that are out there? Well, I mean, it came to me mid-2014. Uh, that was when I kind of coined, you know, the, the term, Youpreneur. Mm. Uh, but we didn't actually launch the community until September 2015. So about a year and a bit 
or yeah. so of kind of, you know, again, validating, talking to people, uh, talking about it as a concept. Um, and I mean, when we launched in September, we had over 200 people join the community within a 48 hour period. Um, but we had done a lot of buzz building in that three, four months prior to that coming up uh, or that launch taking place. So, you know, I sound like a lot, but we'd put in a lot of energy to get to that point. Um, but clearly, you know, we validated it and, and it worked very, very well. Um, in terms of, you know, monetizing it now, this is, this is what I love about this particular space in regards to the personal brand business model is it, it evolves with you. You know, one minute you might be really passionate about coming up with online courses to fill the gaps in your market. And, you know, next year you might be focused more on live events or writing books or speaking on stage. So, you know, in the book, we call it the Youpreneur ecosystem, where, you know, there's a number of different income models that can ultimately support the growth of a personal brand business model. Mm. Um, and I mean, you know, the perfect world means that you're doing a little bit of everything in some way, shape or form. But you know what? You, you start, you know, really, honestly, the easiest way to monetize the personal brand business model is to sell coaching, mentoring and consulting services. Uh, people will pay for your time and your expertise and to gain that expertise for themselves more so today than they ever have done. That's kind of like the lowest hanging fruit yeah. for anybody that's got a personal brand business model is, is that coaching and mentoring. And another one of your areas of expertise, I know, Chris, um, hiring. So if you are a youpreneur who is starting out with a personal brand, what would you be thinking to scale that business? What would be the first hire that would make the, the biggest difference in your business? I think the first hire would probably be some sort of a general uh, virtual assistant or an executive assistant, something along those lines. Somebody that can help me run my day and make sure that I'm doing you know, what I should be doing mm. as the business owner and not the stuff that I particularly maybe enjoy doing or that I'm good at. See, that's, that's kind of the biggest thing with us entrepreneurs is a lot of the time we struggle to let go. We struggle to relinquish certain things. Um, and, you know, a lot of the time we might be very good at those things. We might really enjoy doing those things. But the bigger question is, should we actually be doing them? Mm. You know what I mean? Great question. And I look at, mm. you know, I, I, I look at someone like Sir Richard Branson and I, I say to myself, there's no way in the world that guy would have been anywhere close to what he is today if he hadn't have just let go of the reins and delegated like a madman, yeah. plain and simple. And he talks about it all the time, surrounding himself with the best people, people that can't do the jobs that he struggles or, or rather can do the jobs that he struggles with and can't do. And I love that about him. And, and, and I think one of the biggest quotes, and I may paraphrase this a little bit here from him, one of the best quotes on, on hiring and, and, and staff management that I've ever heard from, from Richard is something along the lines of you want to train people so well that they could leave tomorrow, mm. but you want to treat them so well that they never want to. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome, isn't it? Love it. How good is that? I mean, yeah. if you're going to build your business on any one quote, you build it on that one because your people are your business, right? Yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, and I know you're a busy man, so what I thought would be really useful would be to 
kind of finish on an exercise that people could could take action on and what i really liked one of the things you you mentioned in in your book is is writing your own obituary and i thought maybe you could just explain that to the audience and give them something to do <laughs> sure sure well, give, give, give them something to do something positive to yeah do. <laughs> i mean uh, ultimately you know the the whole kind of obituary writing thing. Um, it actually came came about. I was working with a coach myself uh, many years ago, and he. I remember he turned around and he said to me, uh, "You know, where do you see yourself in ten years? Where do you see your business in ten years?" Um, and you know, so I started kind of just making notes and plotting things down. Well, I'm going to be doing this. I'm going to be working with these kind of people. I'm going to be making this kind of money, uh, et cetera, et cetera. He said, no, 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 go deeper, mm. go deeper. think legacy, think, you know, and then the term came out, write your business obituary. You're, you're done. Your business is dead. How do you want it to be remembered? And so that at the very core of that exercise is exactly what, it, 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 you know, that's exactly what it is. What kind of legacy do you want your business to have? You know, wh- how do you want people to talk about it when you're not around? How do you want it to be remembered? Um, and, you know, it, this this came about, and I talk about it in this chapter of the book where um, a little while ago we were buying a house in the UK, in, in, in Cambridge, actually. And after we purchased the place and, and you know, we had take ownership, my daughter went in and she started snapping photos of all the empty rooms. Um, and then she came back to me about three or four days later with all these PowerPoint uh, documents mm. uh, or keynote documents and she was it shows you how old i am i use keynote and i still call it powerpoint that's, <laughs> that's just there you go but she came back to me of all this uh all these kind of collages of, of the bedroom and then the kitchen and there's a bathroom and the kids room and all this stuff and i said what are you doing she goes i'm working on my vision boards ah. and, I, and i was like what the hell's a vision board you know and she kind of you know had to explain it this is the millennial crowd yeah she, they do these things. Um, and, and so, you know, what she was doing is she was planning the perfect house for us. Um, and I loved that. And it yeah. got me thinking more about the business obituary side of things. So basically, in, you know, long-winded answer, it's really about getting as deep as you can. You've built your business. You've done everything you could have done with it. How do you want it to be remembered? Such a powerful exercise. Mm. And to finish, Chris, what would you like people to take away from your story and and what impact um, would you like to leave? Well, for me, I just want to empower entrepreneurs and, you know, wannapreneurs, entrepreneurial types to understand that the more of them they put into their business, the more successful it's going to be. There can't be any smoke and mirrors here. You've got to be you all the time. People want to do business with other people, real people. And I think that if you if you build the business of you, at the end of the day, regardless of whatever crowded niche or industry that you're in, it actually ends up being 100% original because of the fact that you are bang smack in the middle of it all. Awesome. And when the book is published, which should be right about now, um, where is the easiest place for people to get hold of a copy, Chris? 
Well, I mean, Amazon is probably the easiest place to buy any book nowadays, right? So just just go to Amazon and search for either my name or Rise of the Youpreneur. You'll be able to see it. But if you wanted to uh, a nice, nice, quick, easy website, it's youpreneur.com forward slash book. Awesome. And, and for people to, to meet you and see you live would be November in London. Yeah, can't wait to do that again. It's going to be a lot of fun. That's awesome. Chris Ducker, thank you very much. Thanks for having me on again, mate. Appreciate it. So that was my interview with Chris. Um, if you haven't already gone out and got the book, you've probably seen it all over social media. Um, I've read it myself. Fantastic read, um, really relevant to a lot of the listeners of the show and indeed um, many of the people that I see at our live events as well. Um, so a couple of relevant points uh, and action points really with, uh, with regard to Chris's interview there um, is that you can really only grow by going out of your comfort zone. So try and think about what you can do today, every day, that puts you outside of your comfort zone? Is it having a conversation with somebody that you've never had before? Um, Is it doing something in your business that you haven't done before? I, as Chris mentions, you know, everybody talks about this being the year of video. Have you made content in the video format yet? Because it is great, as he says, for reappropriating in many different formats. Whereas if you are starting with a blog, it's very different to reappropriate that as a podcast or a video so going outside of your comfort zone filming some content on your phone doesn't need to be perfect um maybe it's something else in your life maybe it's something you know when it that hits one of your health and fitness goes goals going out of your comfort zone and doing a tough mudder or setting yourself the challenge of doing a 5k whatever that might be um but you know you can only grow by going out of your comfort zone and by continually moving forwards. Obviously, if we're standing still, we're in reality going backwards. Um, a couple of really salient points that all link in, really. Um, what do you want to stand for? So you, you know, do these exercises now. Write this down. What do you want to be known for um, as the authority in your space? What is it exactly? Um, and who do you want to serve? Who is your audience? You know, who is your your customer avatar? There's there might be one obvious one. There might be two. A lot of sub uh, domains there, so to speak, with regards to who they might be. But thinking of at least a couple of ideas of the type of people you want to serve. So, um, what market are they in? Um, what age are they? What sex are they? What kind of income range do they have? Where, what are their interests? Where do they hang out? Where can you get hold of them? What platforms do they use? Because uh, you want to be hanging out in those places. You want to be interacting on those forums and you know, not hitting people up with your offer straight away, clearly. Um, if you've listened to that interview with Chris, that's not what you want to be doing. But um, you know, responding to people's questions um, with your opinion therefore becoming known as a respected figure in that space, is all massively relevant um, in building up your authority. Um, And finally, go and do this exercise. I've done it myself. Um, Go ahead and write your own obituary. Sounds pretty maudlin, possibly, but, you know, think about, uh, you know, many, many years in the future, obviously. We don't want anybody dying on us. And think about your legacy, 
your business's legacy. What do you want to be known for? What did you achieve? And reverse engineer that. How are you going to get to that point to be known as that person who served these people in this sphere of influence? Really powerful exercise to do. Um, strongly advise you all to do it. Um, and go out to Amazon, grab a copy of Chris's book, join the Youpreneur community. I'm a strong advocate of that myself. Um, and any questions you've got, would love to know at Alex Chisnell for Twitter and LinkedIn, where you can hook up with me. Any questions that you have, more than happy to answer them. And would love to meet you at one of our live events. You know, if you love listening to people um, with a great backstory like Chris, who's got loads of actionable advice, then come to one of our live events. Go to the Startup You Facebook page, Startup You Limited, or go to the Startup You Eventbrite page and have a look at what we've got. We've got three locations now, which are Brighton, Bournemouth, and Manchester. So covering uh, you know three chunks of the country, and then coming in April, May, we're going to be in London as well, doing monthly events there. We have amazing people speaking from. Authority figures like Ted Baker, founder Ray Kelvin, Richard Reed from Innocent. Um, love to get people like Chris Ducker, Lewis Howes over from abroad to speak at uh, one of our events. We're putting together a big event in September, October this year, a standalone event. More information will be coming out next month. But you want to get yourself uh, over to subscribe at our Facebook page, Startup U Limited. Um, so that you don't miss out on any of that information. Check out the Eventbrite page, as I say. Would love to meet you in person um, and see you, get to meet you. Enjoy our live events. And that's it for today's show. Got another episode coming on Saturday. This Saturday will be with Stephen Mansfield and Daniel Blunchy from Swiss Reimagined. A very cool watch that's being released. And... Have a great week until then. Bye for now. If you'd like the opportunity to attend one of our live events with some of the world's leading entrepreneurs, just go to startupu.co.uk and click on the events calendar. That's startupu with the letter U. From there, you'll be able to see what live events we've got coming up and book a ticket from as little as £5, which includes a complimentary drink and the opportunity to network with like-minded entrepreneurs. Hope to see you soon. If you're an entrepreneur looking for funding, mentoring or support, go to startupu.co.uk. And if you'd like to share your startup story, we'd love to hear from you. Just go to the contact page on startupu.co.uk and we'll be in touch. And if you like this podcast, please subscribe and I'd love it if you left me a review of the show. To connect with me personally, you can find me on Twitter, LinkedIn and Facebook at Alex Chisnell. Until the next show, remember don't wait. The time will never be just right. Action always beats intention. This show is brought to you by RocketSpark, who make it easy for anyone to build a great-looking website. Each month, RocketSpark offer one lucky listener the opportunity to get a website absolutely free for the next six months to do some in-market testing of a new idea. Just go to rocketspark.com slash screwitjustdoit to enter. Just do it.